Hello, my praying people. You are listening to the Prayer Clinic Podcast, and I'm Leanne McCoy, your host. On this podcast, we're going to unpack the mystery of prayer. Along the way, your faith will be strengthened and your relationship with Christ will be taken to new levels. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have as believers, but far too few of us know where to even begin in exercising and using this powerful tool. Let's take this journey together and experience what happens when we pray. This is my good friend, Bobby Ann Allen, and I'm so excited to get to introduce her to you all today, to my praying people, Bobby Ann, that's what I call my my podcast listeners, (laughs) my praying people, and um, Bobby Ann is a pastor's wife. She and her husband, Jared, serve at Willowbrook Church in Huntsville, Madison, well, I guess both. You've got two campuses at your church. And um, she's a mother. She has two children that are in their, well, let's see, one is officially in her teens, your daughter, and then your son is about to be 11. I think that's what you said. Yeah. Okay. And so um, anyway, they moved right at the beginning of this pandemic season of our lives, which is crazy. I want to hear about that. And um We are going to get to chat and talk. Bobby Ann's an author. She's written several books, Bible studies, is a women's ministry leader at her church, on staff at her church, which we share that being pastor's wives and being on staff, which is a a great thing. So Bobby Ann, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. (laughs) It's going to be fun. She and I, Bobby Ann and I go like way back. I think we first met when I came to Huntsville, when you were in Huntsville before. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went off to Texas and then you came back. Yeah. Is that the way it was? That, that's it. Yep. And um, yeah, I actually picked up your book. Okay. Uh, I'm not actually, you know how I, I signed up for Diane Nick's online Bible study uh, a million years ago when you were offering spiritual warfare for women. Okay. And the reason it's not because I want to do spiritual warfare for women. If I'm <laughs> Who wants to do that? It, well, no, it was because I wanted to know how to do an online Bible study because I was I was wanting to reach my women. And I was like, okay, somebody's doing this. Let me see what they're doing. And then I picked that book up and Leanne, I fell in love with you. The, I, like, I was like, wait a second. I think I'm friends with this woman and she doesn't know it yet, and, which is very unlike me. If you know, I am not an initiator by, uh-huh. by nature. I'm, I'm much more of a responder. And so for me to reach out to you was speak like your book. I was like, we're friends. She just doesn't know it yet. We've got to, <laughs> we've got to get this together. And so I was so blessed to, again, have you come to, to Willowbrook. And in yeah. fact, this is, I don't want to hijack your, um, but I tell yeah. you that I just did a retreat um, back the first of March and I spoke at it. It was for our women. And I was having a conversation with somebody and they said, Hey, have you ever read that book by Leanne McCoy, spiritual warfare for women? I was like, you stop it. That's the best book. <laughs> and, but I thought, how funny that you're, you're like, people know about you, Leanne. And that book has, God, God has used that book in not just my life, but um, women that I'm coming in contact with that are going, have you read this book? 
So I'm so glad. Many years ago that you wrote that book. Yeah, 10, uh, 10, 11 years ago, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And the ordeal that what I was going through at the time with my daughter has come full circle. She actually was sharing her testimony last night in her small group at church and just, just beautiful things going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's so fun. I'm remembering yeah. all of that. And then we hit it off. And then my son, who was beginning, he's in digital marketing and he um, was, you know, picking up a couple of people to learn on and coach. And he had me and then I, I sent you to him and you were his model student. Like you were, you were better than me. He'd tell me that all the time. He'd be like, mom, if you just do what Bobby Ann's doing, it would be yeah. Bobby didn't have as many demands on her as you did at the time. Now, if, if TJ was doing it with me now, he would I barely keep up. But actually, I, I should tell him this. In my the book that Simone and I just wrote, uh -huh. Own Your Influence, there's a whole chapter that I talk about TJ and things that I learned and how you can um, apply. It's got, a, it's got his name in it, too. So Oh, well, I will have to share that with him. So, yeah. So, needless to say, we go, we go back a little ways. And um, I'm so glad that we're here. So, I want to ask you, with you moving at the beginning of COVID, what would you say was the, like, what was the biggest challenge of that? Having a, a move from Texas back to Alabama right then I guess y'all had already been talking with your church ahead of that no, no actually the the um we the pandemic didn't hit till six weeks after we had been here so oh, okay had, you had just come yes um so honestly I mean from a professional standpoint and a personal standpoint it was I mean it was hard for everybody in both of those categories I think right. um but definitely, probably most personally, um, because I do have a 13 and a 10 year old who we uprooted in the middle of a school year and they got six weeks in a new school and then everything was shut down. Yeah. And so um, for, for them, well, and we weren't even like we were living in our church's mission house. Um, and all of our things were in Texas. We were waiting to be able to move into our home here. Um, and so we only actually had five weeks of stuff. Um, seasons had changed when we actually got in our house. But um, so from, from that standpoint, watching my kids struggle, um, all of a sudden we were in a very unfamiliar, like it was unfamiliar anyway, but we were unfamiliar with everybody else's stuff. Like it wasn't our things. Right. Um, we, in fact, we said, it, it was a funny thing. Both my kids said, that one of the things they look to most forward to is their own blanket. You know, mm. that blanket that you sit on the couch with, mm. we didn't pack those. I mean, we're, but, um, but just that, that comfort that yeah. it, this is mine, this is familiar. This is so from a personal standpoint, just watching my kids struggle, um, my son more than my daughter, because when we were here before, he was just tiny. And so he has very little memory of being here before my daughter has a lot more. Um, she has friends. She, so it was a little different for her. Um, but watching my kids struggle was really, really challenging. Um, but then I guess for everybody from a professional standpoint, this was a very interesting move. I know we are not the first family to come back to a church, but uh -huh. it is also not the most common um, occurrence to serve somewhere and then return. And so there was a level of 
people wanted your attention. That happens anytime you go somewhere new, but on a different level, when there's people that you have relationships with um, that, that want that with you, but also you're coming into what is the same, but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, in, in five years, a lot of things change anywhere. And so to try to learn um, that in a time where things are upside down anyway, it was hard to get your, get our bearings of, wait, what's normal here now? And what is pandemic normal? Yeah. Um, and trying to, well, and acknowledging that we're probably not going back to whatever old normal was anyway. Um, right. So trying to kind of navigate that in the sense that we know what it used to be when we were here before. We know that it's not what it was and we're trying to figure out new normal, new normal for us before pandemic. Right, right, right. So there's all these these shifting and, and moving and again, that's that was true for everybody yeah. during the pandemic of a lot of shifting and adjusting and, and that sort of thing. And so, you know, from the professional sense of just building relationships, reconnecting with people, um, and like to say, hey, we've been here over a year now. That's that's a strange thing because we haven't been here yet during what would be considered normal for us. Yeah. Um, right. And so that's a, you kind of go, wait, we've been here a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So. I think we're all feeling that way right now too, though. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's been a year since all this like shut down and, and like, here we are. And, you know, parts yeah. of the world are still shut down and then other parts are not. And then, you know, we have a joke around here. We we're like, yeah, at Thompson station church, there's, there's no COVID. We just don't have it. Yes. <laughs> Which is certainly not true. We do have it along with everybody else, but it's, uh, you know, it can sometimes be a mindset. Well, I want to ask you, we want to talk about prayer and I want to ask you, um, how do you do your quiet time? I think that's just a great place to talk about prayer is how do you do your quiet time? Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, well, I'll give you several, I'm kind of a multi-step um, quiet time person. Okay. First, first and foremost, I'm a journaler and yeah. I, I'm not sure whether that's because I'm a writer, um, but it's very much how I process mm -hmm. um, what, what's going on with me personally um, as I take that to God, but also my response to what I feel like God is, is revealing to me, what he's showing me. I'm making sure that I, I have a place that, again, I processes are right. It may not make any sense to anybody else, but yeah, I actually tend to um, journal at the end of my time with the Lord, um, not necessarily kind of what I start with. And <clears throat> so I do um, start, I, I do probably my most, I don't know what the right word for it is. Maybe I'm going to use the word. I don't know, prayer time, usually at the end um, of talking to God, but I absolutely start with that as I approach God and in a, in a time that's set apart um, to meet with God. I really think of that as a, as an appointment and not, I want, I want an ongoing time with God where we're constantly in communication, but that set apart time where I'm in his word and when I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still long enough to yeah. hear from him. And so I, um, I kind of jump around um, as far as I'm not big. I, I use study guides or things like that. I'm not a big 
devotional girl. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I don't use people's stuff because I, I do, um, but I'm, I'm very picky about making sure that there's something that always puts me in the word um, that I'm not just reading somebody else's mm-hmm. interpretation. Um, so I'm pretty picky about that. Um, again, not to say that there isn't value in, in some of these devotionals that, and I have at different points in my relationship with God, but pretty picky at this point that a lot of what I do now is something that is putting me in the word that is um, taking, is forcing me to slow down, um, mm-hmm. slow down and really sit in a story, mm-hmm. slow down and really imagine myself in a scene, um, imagine what they're feeling, imagine, you know, like mm-hmm. um, what, what was Jesus talking about here? I, so I, um, a lot of what I do just kind of starting is, is kind of getting in a passage and, and sitting um, and really putting myself in those passages again to, to go, what are you speaking to me here? Like, um, and, and what is, what do I need? And so then that's kind of where I, it leads me to kind of journaling what, what God is showing me, uh, and, and that can be the most random things, Leanne, like mm-hmm. things that probably wouldn't necessarily seem big yeah. until they, they become these earth shattering moments for me to go, whoa, like I'm functioning in Bobby Ann world, not yeah. on an eternal perspective, not with Jesus yeah. vision kind of thing. And so, um, and then I like my own my own personal prayer time is um, I'm intentional about um, what I pray for as far as, in fact, I have over the course of my relationship with God have felt convicted about things that I don't pray for um, that I haven't. And so again, I write these things down because if I'm going to remember, it has to be written down. I mean, yeah, like, I'm going to brush my teeth. I practically have to write it down. I mean, and so, <laughs> Um, again, not so that I don't want to become legalistic about it. I don't want to, but I know that I'm easily distracted by like wanting to do the next thing. So as a way to help me stay present, um, I, I, I don't necessarily write down every word of my prayer. That's not really how I pray, but I do write down specific things I want to pray about every day. And, um, which very much includes, um, my family, um, and which sounds like, I mean, I guess a lot of people pray for their family, but I think it can be easy to think, oh, well, but not be really specific about it. And so I, I'm very specific about the way that I pray um, yeah. for my family. Um, and, but I'm also really specific about the way I pray for myself. Yeah. Um, I was really convicted several years ago for the fact that I was praying for a lot of other people. And I wasn't, I wasn't praying for my own heart. I wasn't praying to receive peace um, from God. And so things like that, that I've, I've spent some time with. And then uh, again, I, I've even taught things like the acts method of um, Mm -hmm. praying, which is a really good way, I think, to you know, um, kind of make sure yeah, organize your thoughts. Yes. But I don't necessarily do that anymore, but I do these times of, uh, working my way through confession and surrendering to God, um, my day, 
-hmm. surrender, asking God to show me, um, like one of the things I do uh, actually at the very end of my prayer time is I ask God what it looks like to be faithful with today. Mm -hmm. And, um, because I, um, I am a little bit of a bulldozer and Mm -hmm. would rather not slow down long enough to recognize, wait a second, right here, as I'm standing at the counter at the dentist office, making an appointment, what would it look like to be faithful with this moment? And so God has been over the years speaking that to me. Um, and, and I believe that he does when I, when I stop long enough to ask him, um, to show me what faithfulness looks like through my day. And so, um, that's just, I don't know, I maybe have rambled a little bit. (laughs) No, it's great. I think it's important for people though. You know, we all talk about having a quiet time, but just to understand what exactly does that mean? I remember when I was told to have a quiet time and, I thought, well, I know, I know it means to be quiet, but I didn't know really what I was supposed to do. During oh, yeah. And the challenge was just to start with 20 minutes. And I was like, wow, that's a long time to sit here. And then, you know, you open the Bible and you start reading it. And at the first, it's hard to even make, like, how does this yeah. even apply to me? But then you gradually learn to just, and the way I got started doing it was I would read a, a passage, you know, like a chapter. And then I would just underline or write down, I'm a journaler too, where you got two authors talking to each other now. So we are writers. And so maybe journaling comes more naturally to those of us who process by writing, but I would just write out whatever the verse was like word for word, how it did. And then I would like, just kind of ramble a bit and say, this is why I chose this verse or what's going on in my life at, you know, at this time. And that's kind of how I got started. And we know that um, you've been a believer for a long time. I've been a believer for a long time. Our relationship with God, I've often used the scenario of um, a dating relationship. When I first, the very first date, when I went out with my husband, it was very awkward and we were extremely uncomfortable with each other. It was hard to keep the conversation going. It just, you know, and that's how it was, but we were the same two people that now when we get together, I'm not, I remember in those early dating days, I would think, oh goodness, it's going to take us 30 minutes to drive somewhere. Here's three topics we can discuss while we're on that trip, just so that I wouldn't be stuck with nothing. And now that would be crazy after 34 years of marriage to think that I have to think about what I'm going to talk about, you know. Yeah, that, that is such a good illustration of it because um, well, because the same thing is that I'm, I'm free to pick up the phone or send a text to my husband at any point. Yes. We are really intentional about the, these check-in points where we're, yeah. we're connecting. And, right. and the same thing is true about our relationship with God is yeah. that if we're, if we're only sending these quick texts to kind of check, like, but those times where we sit down and yes. we, we really check in and we hear from one another and we hear what's going on and we, we speak into, you know, getting just this morning, actually, Jared and I were sitting with a cup of coffee and he was, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a, a couple that uh, just struggling with their marriage. And what's really funny is the, the husband is so similar to my husband and the wife is very similar to me and he's, he's doing some counseling with them. And, and for me to get to speak in a different perspective, uh, again, that's what God does to us. Yeah. You know, God, God speaks a, a, a fresh divine perspective to us when we slow down right. long enough to yeah. check in 
to hear from him to go, hey, God, here's here's what I'm seeing here. I'm I'm in panic mode, you know, yeah. and God's going, oh, wait, yeah. you know, yeah. wait, not this. Like, <laughs> and and that's so I feel like that's a great illustration of yeah. that, which of course we know that it is that covenant relationship, just like marriage is that we have yes. with with God. And do so you that, ever have, um, when you're having your quiet time or during the day, do you ever have times when you really feel like, like you would say, I heard the voice of God and this is what he said. And if you do that, do you ever in your journal, like write down what you really feel like God said? Yeah. About- okay. So I have, I don't think that I've ever audibly heard. Right. right. Okay. Um, but yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Um, and sometimes that, like you wrote that book, uh, just, just a woman's guide to discerning God's voice. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. And which is a fantastic book. All your prayer people need to get that book. If <laughs> Thank so you. Um, uh, and so actually I want to say that it may have been, um, around the time that I read that book, which would have been probably seven or eight years ago. I don't uh-huh. know. Um, uh-huh. I read it right after it came out. Um, <laughs> And so actually part of my story, and it has carried on to even right now, is that I was going through a time where I felt like God was, I mean, he was really trying to get my attention. And I was like, okay, I don't know what. And um, over the course of about 18 months, God gave me some very specific things. In fact, eight things that I still write down to this day that I know that God told me. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't want forget them. And so I write them down on an almost daily basis so that I don't forget that God told me these things. He told me what to do. Um, and some of them are as simple as, um, praying for my family. Like you need to get, get your acting gear and quit messing around acting like, Oh, I, you know, I pray for my family. Like, no, no, no. Like get your acting gear. And God told me to do that. And like, I do it. I don't want to forget that he told me to do that, but some of them are, are specific things for me that um, involve just my own vulnerabilities and things that I know that I struggle with because of my personality, um, that I need that reminder on an almost daily basis of things that God has, has told me about letting go of control and letting God have it. Like, hello, I need that every day. And I know that God's, God spoke that over me and I, I wrote it down. And um so yeah, actually God has, um, I believe, but, and I will tell you this, that I, I was really careful before I started writing those down. Cause I, it is the, it, it is that me? Is that God? Right. right. Um, and when I began to feel like God was speaking these things into me, I began asking him, God, are you, is this you? Are you, and God confirmed that through so many different areas at the time that I was very confident um, to the point that now several years, I mean, you could go look at my journals from year, like several years that it's going to have eight things written almost every day. That's cool. Told me. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. When I first started doing that, I, um, 
I wished that I could write with a pen in italics because I wanted to, as a writer, I wanted to italicize what God was saying versus what I was saying. And, um, so I started doing code. So my name being Leanne, I would, anytime I felt like it was like God talking to me, I would put LA and then I would write what it was so that if I ever, I mean, I'm never going to go back and read all those journals and the, I'm like, you have stacks and stacks of them. I don't think my, my children, when I die, I'll have a great big glory to God bonfire, you know, and they'll just celebrate the fact that I, that I had to walk my whole spiritual life out in a journal. But for me, it was good. And I even now though can go back a lot of times. Now this is coming back to kind of your heart language of just the word of God and it, it being such a part of how God speaks. But Fabian, a lot of times when I'm hearing God, it's literally scripture. It's like a yeah. verse or two verses. Yeah. And it'll be like, I'm praying and God knows my heart and he knows what I'm struggling with the most. And then when I'm reading um, a lot of times, and what I want to encourage people to do is if you stay in the word, there's this supernatural miraculous work of God that'll get you in the right part of the word at the right time. Mm -hmm. And many that's times that's happened to me. And sometimes it'll be like, I'm over here on the left page and I'll just glance to the right page and there'll be that, that verse, you know, that, and so oftentimes the word of God is um, the literal Bible word of God is what I feel like is the voice of God. So talk to me about that and how you make that, you know, how, how do you, do you eat the word? Like Christy McClellan talks about the word being, we show up at the dinner table and we eat the word of God. So talk to me about how that resonates. Oh yeah. That's, um, I, you're right. I, um, I love the Bible. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, and which sounds like the ultimate churchy thing to say. Uh, <laughs> I love the Bible. Um, but I think so much of what you just said is so right that um, it has been this God's word um, as I'm, as I'm studying it, as I'm, I'm getting in it, as I'm, I mean, just, just today, um, I was spending some time, well, it's been a combination of several things I've spent some time doing, um, but I was in Deuteronomy 28 and, um, and it's about the blessings and curses of obedience mm -hmm. and disobedience. And, and I was, I mean, just taking those and, and really, I think so much of what we do, we want to find application in, in the right now, um, which is really, I think, super important. But I think it's equally important that we are putting together our theology um, for how we're interacting with every day um, based off of scripture. And so like, I'm not sure that today I necessarily need this reminder of blessings and curses of obedience and disobedience. And um, I'm not sure that I need that, but I definitely need to work through that. Yeah. Um, and because my, my view of God, my um, understanding of who God is, of how God works, absolutely like I, that, that's cementing in my heart yes. for, for what happens tomorrow that I don't know about. And right. the thing that God keeps telling me just most recently is how he is using our study of God's word and, um, and even circumstances around us that we don't recognize. Um, but he's doing this to go before us for what we don't know. 
And a lot of times I like, I think of God as not bound by time and space that he can go, he can go ahead of me and he absolutely can. But part of his going ahead of me is what he's doing here right now. Mm -hmm. As I read scripture that I don't, I'm like, I don't know if I even need that. Right. I mean, like, it, okay, yeah, yeah. blessing curses, whatever. But then if I take the time to really interact with God's word and what does this tell me about who God is? What does this tell me about but what's available to me um, yes. because of God? When that is rooted in me, that is God going before me, you know, yes. like for what I need. And so um, hmm. I think that's a, um, it's, it's this recognizing that sitting with scripture is sitting with a person yeah. um, because it, it is the very word of God that he's speaking to us. And, and when we, when we appreciate it, not as something we're checking off our, our list, like I had my quiet time, but we see it as I'm meeting with a person. Um, I think that that is that pulling up to the table and, yeah. and taking in everything that he has for us. And so great. Like it's still, every time I think about it and even what you said, it like, it absolutely blows my mind that a book, a book could, could have the power, um, to, to trans, I mean, it's the Holy spirit that's transforming my, but he's, he's using that book as a tool of, because it is so God breathed and it, it, um, and that still, even having experienced it over and over, sometimes I just go, how's that even possible? I don't even know. Like, I don't understand it, but it, I sure yeah. have experienced it, you know? And so it makes me want more yes. um, when I do it. No, it, it does not make me want more when I do it to check it off a list. Right. Right. It doesn't. It, it, yeah. like, um, I just go, okay, I did it and I move on. But when, when I really, and again, I think that it's that almost starting your time with God um, in a time of God, I, I want to, I want this time that I interact with your word to be about me interacting with you, like speak yeah. to me and being, and being really open. And, and again, I think some of that um, is dealing with our own sin before we come, yeah. because I, I know that there are things, there's pride and there's fear and there's anxiety that gets in the way from me hearing from God. Um, and and to be able to come to a place of humility to say, I so don't have this thing together. Yes. Um, yes. And, and I, I need to remove these. I need to surrender them to you so that I can, I can be equipped and access everything that's mine yes. um, as the word of God. And so, um, yeah, I do. I get real, real excited about <laughs> God's word. I, I do. I mean, think how hard our Christian walk would be without the scripture. Because, I mean, if we didn't have it, it's not only like you're a obvious, living, active, um, totally applicable at the right place at the right time. But then also it's 
like when you are doubting or when you're just assaulted with doubts or life has turned upside down and inside out, you open up God's word, the Bible, and you, you see, like you're saying, you, you already see stories that have started, they've journeyed and they've completed. And so you see how God responds in those. And then you layer them one story and another and another, and you're seeing how consistent he is every time. And so like you're saying, he's already gone before you in those times, you can be like, okay, even though this is what it's looking like now, I know it's not going to stay this way. And I choose I call it pit and blinder zone, like the racehorses, you know, they keep their eyes blinders on them. So they look straight ahead. And I just choose to look at you because I'm going to trust who you are as you've revealed yourself in your word, regardless of how it seems like it's panning out right now. And I cannot tell you how many times, and then that way I call the Bible really an anchor for my soul. It's what keeps me from, you know, or you have an exciting experience, you go flying off this way. Well, the Bible kind of holds you back. You go, you know, or, or you're just getting assaulted. You're, you're like, what's, what the heck? And you want to throw out all your faith and, you know, go, yeah. be a monk somewhere or something but you know and and the bible anchors you it's like just hang in there it's coming and even those of us who teach it all the time in fact bobby and i shared with uh, my podcast crowd a few uh, episodes ago about a time i came to my quiet time with the conviction that I had been praying about what was burdening my heart the most. Of course, it's a child. It's always a child. When you're a mom, it's always a child. I say to new mothers all the time, I'm so sorry, instead of congratulations. <laughs> Not really. And if any of my children are listening to this, you know, I love all three of you with every ounce of me. And, um, but it was a burden for a child. And because I teach prayer, I know how to pray. You, you teach Bible studies. We write the books for goodness sake. I had really just been praying the way I knew I was supposed to pray for this situation. And um, God had challenged me really through another writer in another book that where he was sharing um, that he had in a situation, a desperate situation in his life, he just cried out and it was not pretty. He was not doing it right. It was all wrong. You know, like I was reading, I was like, that is not the way you're supposed to pray. But it was, <laughs> it was honest. And so when I got in my, and I just wept when I read his story because I got convicted that that's what honest prayer looks like. And when we show up in our quiet time, God wants us to be honest you know, like he is able for us to be honest with him. And that's what you're talking about. When you just check it off your list that you can, you can miss a few days, whatever. But when you're making that intentional appointment with the, the lover of your soul, this person, God, who lets us be in a dynamic personal relationship with him, there's, you know, and then, and that day when I just, boy, I just let it be not a good prayer. I let yeah. it be just honest. Yeah. I mean, God just, well, before I ever got a word, it, it's just, he just, just washed over me with, and I'm talking about a, a feeling now, even to us good Baptist girls, I'm like just a wash over yeah. where it was, I don't know. I mean, it was just like a comfort. It wasn't like, yay, you've been, that was such a bad prayer. It wasn't like that. It was just, 
I know that's how you feel. And I'm, because I'm there, I'm in that dark place. You know, there's a scripture in Exodus 20, I think 21, where, um, and I quote that in that book, A Woman's Guide to Hearing God's Voice at the very beginning. I talk about how we hear God's voice kind of the normal ways. And then I said, but Moses went into the darkness where God was. And sometimes in our lives, that's where we find God. It's in those really desperate, hard places. And I think that's what I'm trying to say. That day I got real honest. It was like going into the dark place in my heart. And I found out God was there already. And that was where he had wooed me to come because he's like this right here, this is what we need to deal with. And not two minutes later, I received a text message on my phone and it was from one of the pastors that I served with at the church. And he had given me a word straight out of scripture. And he literally, he, it was a group message, but he said, Leanne, this is for you. And he was relating it to something else. But you know what it was like, here I am desperate, like, Lord, how long is it going to take to answer this prayer? And the word was out of that Daniel verse that says, right when you first prayed, I was there. I was hearing, I was answering. And I was like, what? what were the odds of that? Like for that to come right at that time. That's what I'm talking about. Like, that's the stuff we get excited about. Well, until they just go, what? You yes. know, like it, yes. it shouldn't come as a surprise. Uh-uh. But I think that I, but I also, I don't want to become numb to this is well you know yeah I want to I want to be excited and and fascinated and in awe of God um and he is faithful to to show himself to us when when we seek after him Um, he really is and I think some of it don't you think um because I'm just going back to how it's like to kind of grow in your and what we're talking about really is just our personal prayer lives but um at the first, you're worried about what to say or how to do it. Like we need the skills, but yeah. then, and, and, and we do need that. It's like anything you need to know, you know, you got to start with that, but then to begin to trust. And when I first thought I was hearing the voice of God and wanted to write it in italics, I thought like you, I was like, what is this me? Or is this God? You know, who is it? And then finally I had to just release myself. No, don't worry about it. Like God will sort that out. And I would encourage people to, to do yeah, that too. Yes. It's like, God, I mean, you're seeking him, you're staying in the word, you're um, submitting yourself to um, the leadership in a Bible believing church, you know, like you're putting these things in place. God will, will keep you from straying out of, out of the way so much. And, and he teaches us and grows us so much. Um, A lot of times when those things happen, I'll write it down and I'll think that had to be God, because there's no way I would have had that thought on my own. Like I just, it was very far from where I was thinking, you yeah. know, and so many times, like so many times I've gone to God and just whining <laughs> about whatever it is. And I'll think he's going to say like that time I was, I think he's going to say, Oh, it's okay. And he's going to pat me on the back, but like, he'll say something totally off, off that. Like, okay, you done with that now? You know, which I would never think that up. Like I would think I would be like, <laughs> <sort of that. laughs> but he is. So, um, Anyway, it's, it's good. Now you just wrote a great blog post on your, on your website, which is just Bobby. What is it? Bobbyann.com? Bobby Ann Allen? Yes. Uh, which one is it? Uh, no, Bobbyann.com. Bobby Ann. See, it's great having a cute name like that. Bobbyann.com. Oh. And you talked about the difference between being, um, talking with God 
and talking mm -hmm. at God. So talk to me yeah. about that just a minute. You know, I, um, I, I think that by nature, I'm a talk at, um, <laughs> with, yeah. um, and I think it's really easy to do that with, when it comes to prayer, okay. um, because we don't have a physical person yes. sitting in front of us. And, and for, depending on your experience growing up with the church, even with what you think you've seen on TV, it, it would be hearing someone saying words, you know, even if you, you were saying a blessing over your meal, it, it sounds like just somebody saying words and nobody heard anything. You just move on. Uh -huh. And I think a lot of times that can be our experience as we approach God is that I just need to come and I just need to tell God all this stuff. And then we move on yeah. um, instead of understanding that that living, breathing relationship that, that we come into when we come into a personal relationship with Jesus is a relationship. Yeah. It's not a me just say, okay, here's what's going on. It really is as much that God's got something to, to speak into me about too. And so um, I think that that, so my undergraduate degree is actually in communications. Okay. And um, I always thought it was so interesting that one of the class, required classes for a communication degree is a listening class. Like it's just called listening. Um, and the whole semester of you learning to listen. And um, I think that is a part that a lot of us miss. Yes. In, in this communication process we've got, we miss it with a lot of people too, if we're honest. Right. Um, but when it comes to a relationship with God and understanding what communication is, as communication is not just me sending you a message. Yes. Communication is receiving a message. Yes. And, um, and God, because he is offering us a relationship, means that he's offering us this two-sided communication. Yes. And um, it, I will say that I don't think it's something that is automatic. Um, it's something that I have grown in, um, in my relationship with God, but that sitting still, that getting in his word, especially not to just check it off, but to really, you know, God, what, what are you, how are you revealing yourself? Show me yourself, show me show me the areas in my life that, that you need to change. He will do it. Mm -hmm, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. if, if we will ask and then yeah. listen. Um, yeah. and so I think that's the thing is that it is very tempting, um, to speak at God because of a lot of times what we've seen modeled for us, because rarely do you get to an inside view into somebody's personal relationship with God because it's personal, it's intimate. Right. And so a lot of times based off what we've seen, we see a talk at, like even when, when somebody gets up and prays at church, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we don't see them stand there after they're right. done and receive from God. Right. You know? And so right. I think that that can be a tempting thing to then transfer that into your own personal time. with God. Yeah, that's good. In fact, when you say that, I was thinking about my husband sometimes, and he's uh, been a pastor for how many years? 32 years. And, um, 
you know, they have, they don't only preach, they also kind of lead the church during the worship time. And if you're praying and that kind of thing. And so he would often get up right in the middle of worship, feel led by the spirit would be our phrase, go up to the worship pastor, just grab his hand and say, hang on a second. Then he'll say whatever you say. And then he would just stand there and like say nothing. Mm -hmm. And it would be silent. And at first you're like really uncomfortable with it. Our people have had him as their pastor for 32 years. And so they're not as uncomfortable anymore. But I always thought that was such great Mm -hmm. public prayer leadership because he was modeling and I know what he was doing. He's just listening because he's totally going, the spirit prompted him to do this. He said what he's saying. And now he's just listening to see if there's anything else he's supposed to say or what to do next. And it's really, um, you're right. And I think that we have to um, stay in the word, um, stay connected to other believers. That's so important because those are kind of your, your guardrails of it. But then don't be afraid to know that God will speak to you. And, and Bobby Ann, it's not our ears, it's our heart. Yeah, yeah. Because he's, that's where we're connected with him, is in yeah. our heart. And so I try to explain it to my children as they start asking, you know, when your children start asking, how do you hear the voice of God? And I talk to them about the thoughts you have inside your head that don't ever come out, you know, the ones that, yeah. and the, and the feeling you have in your heart that that's, that God speaks directly to those parts of you. Yeah. Have you, how, have you explained it in a way to your children or have they asked that question, how you hear the um, voice of God? Yeah, that's a great, like, um, probably more actually my son than my daughter. Right. Um, she's, she's very, she, she holds it all. Yeah. Pretty, um, yeah. but yeah, that's, we have talked to Kai about that some. He's, he is our question asker and kind of a similar thing is, and, and I think I try to remind people and, and Kai, the best I can with his 10 year old mind is yeah. that the thoughts in our head, some of them we know are not from God. Yeah. Um, there, there are things that, that hit our head that, that God is not telling you, you know, yeah. Lies. God is not discouraging you. God is, I mean, and so we need to be mindful of that. Those are not from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, when there are things, and, and I think a lot of them, if we're just real honest, are things that take us outside our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things that we, we feel led to do to, to go talk to somebody or to, um, that, that, because again, God's at work and he, right. he allows us to be vessels for those things. Um, it's why, it's why I started praying, God, what does it look like to be faithful with today? Um, because I have my own agenda, first of all, um, I want to get on God's agenda. Um, but I also, I want to hear that, like, is there something that I need somebody I need to talk to somebody like, do I need to go have lunch with a kid today? I mean, I mean, any of those things, but when we sit in silence and we ask God to speak and he does put these thoughts, if you will, in our head, if, if they don't contradict what we know is true about God, right. um, and if we believe God is in the business of divine appointments, because he is, those aren't just for foreign mission trips, right. um, that God is, that we can, we can get in on those and God will speak to us. And again, we don't have to understand it all. Uh, that's part of what faith is about, yeah. is that faith says, I don't, like, this is not what I planned today. I don't, this doesn't even, like, I okay, God, I'm going to, 
and or that even just reassuring your heart you know yeah. hey i got this yeah hey, i'm i'm near i'm you know and those are the words that we know that god speaks mm-hmm. um and and as long as they align with what we know is true about god and his character so i think as much as you can explain that to children um right. and not getting that overly complicated but but to help I actually, I often think that children and adults, I, I think there's a lot of things that adults hadn't figured out. And right. Kids are just innocent enough to ask. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that we can, learning to, to trust God and, and learning to know what, what, what is true and what, what mirrors the character of God Yes. that is happening in our, in our head, in our minds, and then in our hearts. Yeah. Uh, and then what, wait a second, that, that's not from God. Yeah. That's not how God works. Yeah. Um, God is not in the condemning business. <laughs> you know, it's yes. um, recognizing those as part of when you're discerning, what is God? What is me? What is the enemy? Um, yeah. As we, as we work through all yeah. of them. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, we we could chat forever. I know that, but you have things, I have things. And I want to wrap up our time though by asking you a question uh, to share either or. You can share either or. A prayer that was not answered the way you wanted it to be and how you dealt with that. Or a prayer that was like answered way better than you thought it would be. Uh, Either or. Yeah, no, that's a great question. well, gosh, um, I think I'll give you um, one that was answered way. Okay, more- good. That's what always said. Yes, um, because we could be here for a while on that one. <laughs> um, but actually, so I, my daughter, uh, she's about to be, she'll be 14 on May the 1st. And um, so, which means that I was pregnant with her um, 14 years ago. And um, when I went in for my 20 week ultrasound, um, my husband was there and we found out we were having a little girl, um, and my husband's a pastor. And so we found out we were having a little girl. And so we, we thought we were pretty, it's okay. We thought we were pretty much done. We were wrapping things up. And, um, and so Jared took off, like he had an appointment, so he left and, um, so they were kind of finishing up and then uh, she just kept going and the next, the radiologist, next thing I know, the doctor's coming in there and, um, my daughter, uh, had what, so when they're in the womb, they look for particularly, um, a couple of pairings. If you have a couple of different things, they are signifiers of, um, usually one of the trisomy, uh, defects. And we had two of them. We had, she had cysts on her brain and she had a horseshoe kidney. Wow. It, um, and again, so which led us to, um, of course, Jared had left by then. He had no idea. Wow. And so immediately we're going, okay. Um, and we just began to pray. Um, and I mean, obviously we get, began to pray, but we began to pray in faith, but we also began to pray in surrender. Um, believing that whatever God was up to, um, that it was part of his glory and part of what God wanted, wanted to do as part of 
our surrender in ministry to him and whatever that looked like. And so um, actually God moved us to Willowbrook the first time um, when I was seven months pregnant with her. Wow. And um, we, we were able to see even some better doctors here and continue. Um, and then my daughter was uh, born with absolute, like she's smart as a whip. Um, in fact, she's a little too smart sometimes. Um, a lot of sass involved in there too. Um, but we, we prayed and um, trusted God and he gave us a, a healthy daughter um, that has absolutely no, there was no signs of cyst on her brain. There is nothing wrong with her kidneys. And she, um, and so those that we still look back and, you know, you carry a child and you don't know, and, um, and, and you trust God and you surrender that to God, but you believe in faith that God can heal. And, um, in this case, God chose to physically heal her. Um, and, but he also did some really cool things in her dad and I, as we continue our own relationship with God trusting him and his plans for whatever he's going to do. Um, and so I, in, in two cases, I'm, it is a blessing that she is healed, but it is a blessing that I can trust God with whatever's coming, um, knowing that he can physically heal or he doesn't have to, um, that he does what he wants for his glory um, and for our good. Right. And, and blessings are not just in healings and material things. Blessings are in peace and joy yes. um, that we have because we rest in him. And yes. so those are things that I look back now and go, that's so much better than I like. I got a healthy child, but I also got a, a faith deposit that says, you know, like I can rest in God. I yes. can rest in what he does, no matter what that looks like. I love that. Beautiful testimony. Thank you for sharing that. And I love, love, love answered prayers either way that he answers them because of that right there. And you, yes. you really balance that beautifully well, because that's what it's about. I mean, because ultimately it's, we're all citizens of a kingdom that, that goes beyond here and now. Right. And so it goes beyond all of the things that are hard in the here and now but praise yeah. God. yes yeah right that's beautiful well thank you bobby ann i appreciate it we have just chatted long as long as our listeners are gonna hear it <laughs> bless their hearts <laughs> so it's been fun and i really do think this is going to be very helpful especially to people as they're trying to figure out how exactly do how does that personal prayer yeah. life work you know and um man we have endorsed god's word stay in the word yes to the fellowship even if you have to zoom it or uh, <laughs> you know and don't just zoom worship zoom into small groups because it's all about building that connection with each other too but then don't be afraid to just dive into the intimate personal relationship we have with god's beautiful yeah. thing well, i appreciate you thank you much i'm going to stop thanks for listening to the prayer clinic podcast for more information on my speaking and writing ministry, go to leannemccoy.com. To learn more about the Prayer Clinic ministry, go to prayer.clinic. 
Thanks for listening. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe. We'll see you next time, my praying people.